Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's get to some... Coaching is is say officially like I'll ask you Andy and Larry that you guys are joining us here. Larry's hopping on for coaching stuff talk again. Coach talk, coach quarter. Is it is it like Black Monday? Is, I saw that floating around. I know it's like an NFL thing, but is that the same thing for like college hoops? Despite it, it being seems, Tuesday, <laughs> it's, it seems like it. Yeah, you say coach's corner. It's more like coffin corner. We got a oh. lot of uh, yeah. <laughs> Really good pun, man. Um, but yeah, we got a bunch of different firings going on and, and, but also some hirings. So I don't know. You can't, it's not exactly, you know, it's just like a lot of news, uh, a lot of moving. It's like with the carousels officially spinning. So here's what we got. We'll get to this. We'll, we get two uh, hire to the first hire of the day was Richard Patino. Get it right. Not Rick. Richard Patino, who, I know, Larry, you're doing the kind of the quick write-up. Like, oh, crap, his page has a 404 error in Minnesota. <laughs> like, he was out for, what, 12 hours before he came 12 back? hours. Absolutely. I, I think I saw the, the tweet last night, you know, walking down the hall with his kids and saying, okay, like, you know, the pieces are kind of coming together from what we've been hearing. And then first thing this morning, you know, kind of getting the the template for a hiring article ready, kind of doing that heavy or that research, you know, just like we said, and, you know, before I know it, good thing I logged into Twitter uh, <laughs> to see Jeff Goodman's tweet was the first thing I saw. And, yeah, you know, 12 hours unemployed, you know, really a lot better than most. And, you know, Lobo's got their man. So, so what's, what, I'm just yeah, going to chime in. About? Sorry. I got a, I got a funny story about this as well because I was actually, I got a, I was on yesterday, uh, with ESPN Albuquerque 1017 and they, uh, we were talking a little bit about the, uh, the, the New Mexico job and they were, you know, what have you heard? What's going on? And you know, the kind of landing spot I came to was, it sounds like Tim Miles is the front runner and you could do worse. And I didn't like, I hadn't even realized I hadn't even seen that Richard Patino was fired at this point. I don't think. And I'm not even sure if it had happened, 
But within maybe an hour or two of getting off of that, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, Richard Patino is out at Minnesota and he's the front runner for the New Mexico job. It's like, man, did I really just have to go on the radio and, and say hey, something different? But that's how quickly, quickly. It Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It was crazy. Because uh-huh. Patino, I think, is interviewed. He's one of the interview candidates Chef Grammer mentioned from the Albuquerque Journal. Kind of like he's – it was kind of weird. Like, yeah, he's going to interview, but he still has a job, which is not norm, which is not out of the norm. But going from a big tent to like a Mountain West while you're still employed, usually uh, that's kind of awkward or kind of it, writing's on the wall if you're going to be interviewed because he knew he's on his way out. But Tim Miles is the other guy. It was Miles or Patino. And I don't know. I think it comes down to, because we saw this tweet, I saw it from Matt Norlander because apparently over at CBS, if who like Eddie Nunez, the AD, knows Billy Donovan, connects to Richard Patino, and that's how it came together. I know Billy Donovan's a really good. When he's in college, he won a couple national titles. He's doing some good things. Is that like it doesn't? I don't think it matters. You need to be a guy from the area for basketball, especially people in New Mexico. Despite them not being amazing as of late, they, they're they're no name. Pretty good job, obviously. But so, Larry, what was your thought when you see a guy who's never coached out west? Really, I know he's a Patino name, but he was barely five hundred. Like overall, his career is like best finish in the Big Ten. I believe was fourth. And he comes Four. west. So what's his? What does he bring to this team? Like, what does he upgrade over Paul Weir? Better than Tim Miles? Better than whoever else is in the mix? No, absolutely. I think that was. I think the first thing I tell people when you know they're calling and asking me, you know, what do you think exactly? I've had a couple family members do that today. First thing I think of is name recognition. You know, for mm-hmm. any novice college basketball friend, you might get him confused with his dad. Very easy. I get that. Um, but, you know, I think he brings that one, uh, very well known as a recruiter from his time as an assistant at Louisville in Florida. So that's two. He did, he did bring some guys from the state of Minnesota, like Daniel Oturu and was it Amir Coffee was the other one. He was able to keep them in state. Um, and you know, you don't really have to worry about that in New Mexico. No, no big high profile recruits leaving the, the state that often. But I think he brings name recognition, the ability to recruit. Um, he's gonna, you know, build something there. I think a lot of folks have to kind of table their expectations just for the moment and think, you know, I think any anything in the top six of the conference, if he can get that done in the first year, that would be amazing, you know, especially after a last-place finish that they've experienced. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good hire. I think everybody, for some reason, like Andy said, was, was favoring Miles on this one, and I guess I get it, but, you know, I think it was a good hire overall. I, I guess, but what did he do? Like, I don't want to. It's so because here's the thing about Tim Miles. He got ran out of the back, uh, Nebraska. Where, like, if you look at what they've actually done on the court, Tim Miles is a better coach in my opinion. Like, he did better things at Nebraska than they've ever done ever, and he did great things at CSU. CSU Patino got the job because of what he did at Florida International in one season. He went to 18 to 14 and got the call up to Minnesota directly after, and he was fine. That's a pretty big job. It, it is. So my point being, like, as for – there's I know the main reason, like, we're not dumb. It's because Nunez knew him and Donovan. They vouched for him. That's why he got the job. I'm not saying it's a bad hire, but mm-hmm. it's it's not as a on-the-nose job when Jeff Ted for Fresno State football got the job when as soon as we knew who the AD was, even with the coach before, we knew the next coach would be Jeff Tedford. This is kind of under the radar a little bit because unless you're really deep into college basketball, no Nunes. I didn't even know Nunes played college basketball. Yeah, either, was, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> and he was the AD now in New Mexico, played at Florida. So he 
clearly knows what he's doing basketball guy, which is nice for this school, which is probably needed a little bit because it's their main thing. I just when you look at what they've done on the court. I would, and plus Miles has done it before here. I don't know if there's a salary thing or if they wanted the name or if it's just, hey, I know my buddy. He coached well. And then you have also, we look even further down, you have Scott Padgett, who's familiar, Kentucky, coached by, was under Rick Patino. And you also have the other coach who was a Dan McHale, only staff for a multi-year deal, was with uh, Patino last year in Minnesota. So it all adds up where I assume those two guys will stay on staff. So it does bring some cohesiveness and familiarity. I might say it's a bad move. I'm just thinking if you want the actual best coach, I still think it's Tim Miles, but I'm not going to really knock this hire at all. It's still, I just say it's still a solid move. No, honestly, I think when we were first kind of going over the initial list we put out and, and thinking about this, the, the coaching tree aspect of it hit home a couple times. Um, you know, even in that initial, um, kind of presser that Nunez did, he said, uh, when I think it was, you know, fellow Mountain West Wire and Lobo Layer writer, Isabel Gonzalez asked if, um, you know, they were going to hire a firm for the search and, you know, Nunez kind of brushed it off and said, you know what, if we need to, like how we, you know, might have tried it at a different time, but ultimately, you know, I'm going to lean on my division one experience with this one. You want to say and, about that? I like that move. However, Jeff Log says it all. Never again. Get a search from every time. <laughs> every time. Just saying. LSU, Kansas football. I was listening to a, a football podcast split. Was it split zone deal or something? But they were talking about like Stephen Godfrey and uh, Richard J- uh, Johnson. So like, oh, from now on, I get it. Search for him all the way. It doesn't matter. It'll work out. I'm not saying anything bad about Patino, but just saying it's a, uh, I wouldn't take that risk. If they'll make fun of it all the time, you get paid six figures to find a coach. There's a reason they do their job, but that's a, uh, it's kind of a side note there. I, it's, it's fine to do it. They saved the money. The buyouts, hardly anything or whatever, if there was a thing with Paul Weir. So Larry, what should like Lobos fans expect from Minnesota? Or I mean, from Padino coming in from Minnesota. Like we know he's a recruiter. He's won fairly well, just not, I mean, here's the thing too. If you're winning great in the Big Ten, you're not coming to New Mexico also. So that's part of it too. He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't great. And it's, if you think of name recognition from, if you were to tell me like a, a coach Big Ten, fifth place Big Ten team is going to come coach Mountain West. That's a pretty good deal. And I still think that's a pretty big deal that they get this type of coach in so quickly. I don't know if there are other offers out there, even though they were zeroing in on this. But I know you mentioned pace your results. Like a top six finish might be, was it, we say, best case scenario, maybe top half, barely top half, getting a buy in the Mountain West tournament next year? No, honestly, I think, um, you know, it's hard to say program builder with Patino. Like maybe some folks might have thought with the the miles higher, if anything. But um, you know, in in the article I wrote this morning, looking at Patino's, you know, very what is it, a nine season uh, resume from Florida International. Took over Florida International from Isaiah Thomas. Um, I always hate East and West co- conferences, but um, what, they were kind of always hovering around fourth or fifth place in the East at that time. They were in the Sun Belt. And, you know, he, I think, I don't even know what he amassed now, Isaiah Thomas, but single digit wins each time I know that, except for one of the seasons. Patino takes that, flips it around to 18 and 14, then that one lone season. Um, like I said, you know, you can't really say program builder there, cause then he, you know, just kind of gifted the Minnesota job at, at a yeah. point. But, you know, he does get, I'm trying to pull up that exact record here. 
We went 25 um, and 13 year one. Tw- 25 and 13 year one NIT appearance, NIT championship. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Show the ring, guys. I got the NIT title, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think, um, you know, he's, he's been able to turn around programs. You know, you're not going to say, you know, like you said, kind of like first place finish or anything like that. But by in the, in the Mountain West tournament, I think would be reasonable, you know, as a ceiling for his first year. Um, you know, anything to, to get us out of the current predicament. I know Jeff Grammer was kind of doing a scuffle with folks on Twitter, in, in the Twitter comments. Um, you know, and it's extremely dangerous to compare Alfred to, to Patino, but the, aside from the fact that he was, a I don't know if it was exactly eight season Big Ten coach before coming in. Oh they God. both, in, they both inherited last place Lobo finishes. And for me, that was kind of where the comparisons ended. And, you know, really it's, it's where does it go from here? Um, but like I said, that, that kind of finish would be sailing for me. Um, you know, I think the other, the other great point they made there was, you know, this is a different hire. You know, you looked at noodles, uh, no head coaching experience. Then you go Paul Weir one year at New Mexico State. Um, this was a little bit more thought out and I, I did it like that. Um, even though I was kind of in favor of that mid, that, uh, low to mid major, you know, consistent, winner like Kyle Keller or, or Joe Golding. But, you know, I think that the this this is, you know, probably one of the better of the options. Um just to kind of get some sort of I guess a te- like positive attention on the program going forward. And then we'll see how it goes from there. So Larry, I got a question for you real quick actually. Sorry Jeremy. Oh, go ahead. But yeah. I was just looking at this because uh, I was I was running through the last couple of years or you know see I wanted to see if there were any like recruits uh, maybe currently at Minnesota that might, or, you know, signed letters of intent to Minnesota that might come to New Mexico to follow Patino. But usually when a coach gets fired, you don't really see guys following him as much. <clears throat> but one thing I noticed while I was looking on here was one of the big uh, pieces that, you know, Minnesota, they started out this year, if we all remembered, that they, they were ranked at one point this year. They were having a good year. They got derailed by some injuries, you know, that, that, that probably would have saved Patino's job. I mean, cause I was talking about him getting replaced before the season started. So he, his seat was already hot. But what I noticed here was that he brought in a bunch of transfers, um, uh, which has kind of been the, the thing at, at New Mexico for a little while here. So you look at guys like Booth Gotch, Liam Robbins from Drake, uh, Brandon Johnson from, uh, I believe Western Michigan. Yeah. So, uh, Booth Gotch from Utah as well. So he brought in transfers from a lot of different places, but, uh, Richard Patino did to Minnesota and succeeded with them there. Now that was one thing that Paul Weir had a little trouble with there down the stretch was bringing in transfers and then succeeding with them. Do you think that? Patino might have a better chance at doing that because you talked. I mean, I, you mentioned that New Mexico, it, the state itself, is not exactly a hotbed for uh, basketball recruits. So I wonder, do you think they'll still have to play the transfer game, and do you think they'll be more successful at it with Patino? I think I think that'll be an option for him. Uh, kind of like how you said, though the the pickup in or the uptick in transfers was kind of more specific to this year. So he did have more of a high school, junior, college kind of focus before mm-hmm. um i think he can make the transfers work again here you know we've seen it in the conference itself uh in the paul weir situation you know i hate to talk so negatively about it but you know paul weir was taking second third chance guys um with you know extreme you know 
all five stars or all four stars, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, he was giving them their second or third chance. And, you know, me and a couple other folks always say, you know, when you, you know, bring in a player with a past, you know, everybody deserves a shot at redemption. But, you know, sometimes you could look at a certain situation and say, okay, this is 50-50. Are they going to, you know, head the other way and turn this around or are we going to have trouble again? And, you know, when the trouble started, you know, it you hate you hate it to be that oh man I told you so you know Doctor Weir but you know I I probably wouldn't say holding off from transfers as a whole you know would be a bad idea here we've seen it work in the past Noodles brought in um Elijah Elijah Brown and um God I'm forgetting Tim's last last name at the moment ah uh, what was Tim's last name I'm not sure uh, right. Tim, we'll get, we'll get to it, but you know, he, he brought in some, some transfers and made it work. You know, you wouldn't say whatever they were finishing those years, seventh or sixth in the conference was making it work. But like I said, anything from, from last place, I think it'll, will be a nice couple of seasons after this. Well, I think part of it too, we saw this, it's, it's, it goes with those guys who are all the chance, again, give all the guys chances, but at some point, maybe don't take a chance on five second or third chance guys. Mm hmm. Maybe Absolutely. one or two, and then we saw guys get suspended, not happy with this, not happy with that. Allegations of this, like oh, infighting, oh, I can't talk to me, they can't answer that question. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those type of things. So, <laughs> like that's give guys chances, like you said, but maybe don't give every guy a chance who comes to the door when every three to six guys this is their fifth chance or something. That's where I think there could have been some issues where something that could have been done better handled. Because it's like, they're fine. They can play. Who cares if they're former five-star guy from Kansas? Who cares? You want to be guys that get along with your team, that play well, and don't do something, unfortunately, dumb because some of those guys have done some things that weren't super smart. And so stay away from that a bit. Like, get transfers, get JUCO guys, but maybe don't get guys who left the school on bad terms possibly or not as many. That's I think where, but not just this case, but any case, like, why would you want to bring in somebody that's a no, has known issues, but bring in five of them? Odds are one or two of them are they're, they're probably true. What happened? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I, so overall, like, this is a good. I think it's a good move. Recruiting should be well. Staff looks to be okay. I don't know if they have enough players who could transfer anymore because everybody's already left the program this year or been sitting out. So, so what what would you grade this? Like A, B, not failing grade, but like what type of grade layer would you give this one? You know, this one kind of, for me, kind of hovers around B to B plus. Like I said, I, I think the program's in good hands, you know, that it has that feel to it, you know, whether or not, you know, I, th- I think ultimately the goal still is get back to, to cutting down ribbons in Vegas, get back to NCAA tournament appearances, and I think Patino can get them there, you know, whether or not he leaves for a, a high profile job after that is, you know, just something we'll deal with later. But I think, you know, great hire, like you said, there were some better options out there. So for me, that's why it kind of doesn't, you know, hover to the, to that A level just yet. But I think it's a solid hire for how quick it was. You know, now we can kind of, you know, put that to, to rest and, you know, just focus on rebuilding the program. So who did you want if it wasn't Richard Patino? Who was your number one choice? I guess for me it was kind of odd, like because like you said, Patino was kind of introduced late. Eventually, it was very easy to make all the the coaching tree connections, but you know that that was kind of sprung on me there. I guess I was kind of, you know, just with the list we were given and the names that were floating around, kind of thinking either Miles or somebody like that would get it. I know who was the UC Riverside coach. You know, there was a couple of names late. Yeah, 
there, there was a couple a couple names late, but you know, I think I like everybody else was leaning towards Miles, or that's kind of just what we were hearing everywhere. You know, felt like that that's what was going to happen, and you know, whether or not that, that all that info was kind of in the template I had this morning or not is you know another question. But <laughs> you know, um, we're, we got Patino, and well, now we just have to wonder when he decides to don the cherry red blazer or not. Was it well, yeah. okay? I'm trying to think because how often did Paul wear that blazer? Or was it? How long did, did he never wear it? I don't. I feel like I'm, I had no idea. Honestly, I feel like once once he denied it the first time, I was like, okay. And then I don't feel like I ever saw him in it. That's what I'm thinking. Cause I know so he had it was all... t-shirts over long sleeve shirts. That's that yeah. was the Paul Weir. Outfit. He pulled the skinny Rick Majerus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, Larry Tim Williams. Tim Williams. Oh yeah. Yes. Was yeah, he? I, Williams. I, had, I had to go look it up while we were while you guys were talking. I was like, Tim, "Yeah, what is that guy's name?" Yeah, Tim Williams came from Samford, you know, not Stanford, but Samford. Uh, yeah, so that I think that was. <laughs> I, yeah, good job. I can Google. <laughs> well, hey, also Tim Williams, very common name, so it takes. A yeah, second. that's why you're like, it, it's got to be something harder than that. I would remember Williams. It's like, no, right. That's. that's <laughs> um, All right. So let's move on to the next coaching hour. On it. Okay. I don't want to see something unexpected, but it sort of is, where you have TJ, get out your dictionary or spell check or whatever, Olsenberger, <laughs> Olsenberger, if I can get it, Olsenberger, there we go. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He was mentioned in that ESPN article a couple weeks ago about just kind of, it was kind of not necessarily throwing stuff against the wall, but it's kind of like I could see him going to the Midwest or guys like we can get to Brian Dutcher as maybe half a second just because the Minnesota rumors will come up for him there. And also you have the uh, Steve Alford saying, nope, not going to Indiana. Those type of things as well. But we'll forget about, you know, looking at Nico Medved or Craig Smith for that Minnesota job too, potentially. But anyway, we're not there yet. Or hold on. Craig Smith, 80 miles down South university. Yeah. That's, I mean, this is going to be a crazy moment because we got a lot of jobs with a lot of guys with a lot of connections right now, but yeah, but so, so back to coach O though, and what's where he's going. He apparently parlayed a losing record into a big a big time program job. <laughs> he is uh, what Gary Croton failing upwards in college football essentially one of those type of guys. I so he's going to Iowa State for those Iowa who haven't State. heard. Yeah, yeah he's going to the big spe- tw- You're fine. Right. I mean, just yeah. So he's going to Iowa State to take over for Steve Prom, who was let go. Uh, conference play. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't super surprising. I, I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere, though, because I, he was brought in – Prome was brought into Iowa State as a, uh, you know, seemingly, a seemingly slam dunk hire. I guess everyone kind of, you know, advertised that way. Like, but coach Ray McDermott and Fred Hoiberg, I figured, oh, he knows what he's doing. He'll be good. And right, right. And so, yeah, it didn't really work out. But there's, I mean, a lot of factors. And – did you see how good the Big 12 was this year and the Big 10 as well? I mean, when we're talking about Minnesota having a bad year and all that, I mean, those were two really tough leagues to be good in. And hey, I mean, at a certain point, you got to win games against tough teams if you want to be 
known as a good coach, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that those are good coaches who, Patino and Prome both, uh, who are out of jobs because they, they couldn't make it work and it, they're tough jobs, but you know, uh, they ran out of time a little bit, but yeah, TJ Otzelberger was not the guy I expected. Uh, not this quickly anyway. That, that one took me by surprise. I gotta say. What about you, Larry? Like he gets a, he'll probably double his salary. He will be in a better conference at the bottom. Was, was this a chance? Like, do you think a chance for him just to get to a better conference or he didn't think he could get things done at UNLV? Cause he, they showed a little bit of promise this year here and there. They had a couple. They beat Utah State the one game. They guys like Bryce Hamilton play well. UNLV can always bring in talent, it seems like, for the most part. Oh, wow, wow. Okay, wait, sorry. Oh. Give me, I just found something out. So I Googled TJ Otzelberger real quick and I went to his Wikipedia page. One of the first things I saw on here, on June 1, 2013, he married Allison Lacey, mm-hmm. a former Iowa State women's basketball standout. Correct. That's in our, our buddy Jason. I feel bad for our buddy Jason. He wrote a piece. He's like, hey, I'm going to do a piece of, He's like, Ulsterberger leaving, or maybe I'm like, Freeman asked candidates for jobs, and I'm getting around to it. I'm, I'm glad I didn't get to post it until it came. I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot. So I go in and tweak it for him, but that was in there about how he – who his wife was, and so there's well, and that. I mean, I mean, and then, uh, you know, the fact that he was an assistant associate head coach. Oh, yeah, you know, he, It adds he was, up, though. It, it does add up, but, yeah, I mean, seeing all of that, it's like, of course, you know, of course he went and took the I, – I guess my surprise that – Shouldn't be so much that he took the job, but that it was get offered to him. Well, he was the runner-up for against uh, Prom when they when he interviewed. Yeah, that's fair. So, I, I I guess just coming off the UNLV seasons. Yeah. So, like, what do you, what what enticed them to go after him because he is their number two last time? You would think I'll let you answer real quick, but a guy who go, gets a head coaching job doesn't perform well, twenty nine and thirty overall would get a better job. Like that, it just boggles my mind that let's just go with him because we know who he is. That's what it seems like to me. Honestly, and I don't know what it is about these, you know, quick turnaround hires, you know, 12 hours for, for Patino. What was, <laughs> you know, technically Oldsburg still was still employed, but yeah, it's, it seems like the familiar face. And when I had to look up the Wikipedia page too, cause I knew he was an assistant. I just didn't know for how long from 06 to 13. In that point, he was promoted to associate. Then he had a two-year break at Washington and then back for another, looks like, year, two years at, at Iowa State again. So, uh, you know, when, when somebody says familiar with the program, you know, this is a prime example. But I think – I don't think anybody can really pitch losing Mountain West record, okay, cool, promising Big 12 position, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is Paul Weir going to go to Kansas State now? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, Andy, way, way to call that one. Way to call that one. March 16th, Paul Weir to Kansas State. Right. I mean, that's what this hiring feels like almost. I mean, maybe not exactly the same, but like Justin Hudson or something to Kansas State. You know, it's like, <laughs> really? really? I mean, okay. I get it. You know, the guy's probably not a bad coach. Maybe had a bad, you know, situation in a program or something that just didn't quite click, but. Yeah, I don't know. So what does UNLV do from here? Exactly retweeted. It's always pops up in our search engine. Our one of our guys a couple years ago, Ryan Swanson, did a good piece breaking down UNLV's final four run back in ninety one. And it always pops up because it's he put it like thirty years to the start of that tournament or something like that. Not because it was back in ninety one, thirty years ago when they were the runner rebels, Larry Johnson, all those guys, Wynn Millen, Slam Duncan, Running Gun, Stacey Ogman. 
So that always pops up. So I always tweet that out because, oh, it came up again. I'm like, oh, 30 years ago. I'm like, 30 years ago. UNLV hasn't been relevant, relevant, not just then, but like when I was going over the article to kind of put a couple notes in it, Lon Kruger has been a decade since he's been gone. And they've been bad. I will say very bad since he left to go to Oklahoma and he's doing fine there, what, year 11, year 10. So I don't know like, who wants this job. It's, it's seemingly, it should be a pretty good job, but it's been so long since the school's even been, it's been a decade since they've been really good, like probably what San Diego State is kind of now. So I think that's a fair comparison to Aztecs now to what what they were, what UNLV was under Lon, Lon Kruger a while back. So like, now it's even less like who is who would take this type of job? What type of coach or profile of a coach? Is it like a new guy getting co- your a brand new coaching job? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I probably wouldn't say brand new, but you, you're looking at. Either a, a head or an assist, an assistant coach with, with head coaching experience that's maybe looking to return back. Um, so I think something like that. I don't see them going in that same kind of Kyle Keller route. Um, you know, Miles, come on. <laughs> you, you know what? Best available coach for the job at the moment. But, uh, you know, I think, I think it's kind of, kind of a weird one. I, I probably wouldn't even be able to name a, a top five list if you, if you put me names, on the spot. I'm like, that's the type of coach because it's, there's always the thing out there. It's already been mentioned. Rick Patino. No, they tried a million times and Patino's already said, that'd be nice if a father son matchup. That'd be pretty cool. But he's basically stated Iona is his last coaching job. He wants to go off in sunset to a small Catholic school. And as a person who went to the school, not a, a graduate, don't give me alum. I'm not alumni. I went to college, but went there for a while. I'd like to see them do well, but he's like, I'm done. Like they tried for, he's been the hot rumor for UNLV for 20 years. It's like the, it's a mirage out in the desert. It's like, it's not happening guys. He's not coming, but I don't know who you're right. I don't have a name at the moment. I'm trying to look up. I should have done this before who was candidates last time, but I just, it's, I think you're right. It's going to be somebody who's either maybe somebody in the conference tur- NCAA tournament wins a game or two. And I get a hire him because he won two games like with uh, the Florida Gulf coast who went to USC a few a while back when they beat San Diego State as a 15 seed. So I I just don't – it might be that guy, but I think it might be a guy where it's going to be somebody who's assistant coach, some, like you were some head coach experience or some mid-major coach. Here I did find, as I'm vamping here, Jeff Goodman put this list, 2019, so two years ago. Here's where the um, wild cards I mentioned, Rick Pitino, obviously, blah. Jason Kidd, <laughs> no. Don't – no, get me started. Ty Lue, <laughs> eh, is he, does he have an NBA job right now? I'm not sure. Let's see. Uh, Mike Miller, who was kind of meant briefly mentioned for the New Mexico job, that could be interesting because he's doing the uh, – he was at Memphis now he's at a high school. These are old candidates, so don't get me wrong. Eric Musselman, not going to come. We could bring up Frank Martin, just saying. <laughs> I almost did. You know, I was like, okay, you can't bring him up every single time and you don't have the Eddie Nunez connection here. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know. It, it does sort of seem like it would fit. He seems like a good – I feel like UNLV sort of needs almost a – they need a shot of personality, you know? Um, and I maybe that's just me and my – uh, But yeah, that, I think that's that – for me, that's part of it. I mean it's like it's Vegas. There's so many other attractions. There's so many other things going on. Um, and I think you need – Something a little high profile, maybe. Yeah, I, it's weird to be a kind of a quiet program in a big 
in a glitzy city like that. I don't know. And again, maybe this is just me as a, a non Nevada and non Las Vegas resident, uh, seeing all of this from the outside. And I'm sure there's much more to the, to the city and the community than all the, you know, glitz and the glamour, but. I don't know. Um, one, one name, you know, we, that came up, we were just talking about with, uh, the New Mexico job, uh, was Joe Golding. Uh, you could see him potentially, I don't think, you know, Abilene Christian's gonna beat Texas in the NCAA tournament, but if they did, you could see Joe Golding's name rising up. And he's an interesting one because while it still feels like he hasn't had a lot of, he still feels like kind of a newer name. He's kind of a younger guy. But he's been in Abilene for like a decade, I think. Um, he just, they weren't a division one school and they weren't, you know, eligible to go to the tournament for a while. As soon as they were eligible, now they're going and they've been, you know, twice in the last two tournaments in a row. So I think, you know, to, I, I was sort of underselling what he's been doing and how long he's been doing it just because Abilene Christian is newer to division one, but he's actually been there for a while, uh, doing that and having success. So I don't know. I, I think that Golding is a, a fun name. One name that could have been here. Unfortunately, they didn't do so well in their conference tournament. And now there's an in-state job that he might be open for too. Uh, Todd Simon at Southern Utah, but Todd Simon, uh, he has some history with the UNLV program, doesn't he? Yeah. He had an interim coach. It was, uh, to yeah. go over for Dave Rice. Thank you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I had that right, but yeah. So almost, Todd Simon, almost led Southern Utah to the NC tournament this year in the big sky. Exactly. And did get And they did win the big sky regular season title. Oh, so. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying a guy whose stock is up a little bit, he's not going to be able to raise his stock at the national level, right, with a March Madness run or anything like that. But, yeah, I don't know. I think that could be uh, an interesting way for them to go to to bring to bring him back. But I guess also if you're UNLV, how much do you want to run it back and how much do you want to completely kind of start new and say, okay, we don't. We don't want any ties to the old stuff. We want a we want a new new culture, new whatever. That's a question. They'll, no, they'll have to answer. It, it is. I'm looking <laughs> here. Tyler Bischoff, who used to buddy of mine, used to write with us, did some podcasts before he made it big time. He put a list out there. Uh, mentioned Rick Pitino. Duh, he's like not gonna happen. Tim Miles, obviously. Kevin Kruger, current UNLV assistant. And he oh, mentions yeah. that um, the AD there, she likes to uh, – Desiree Reed Francis likes the up-and-comer coaches, which is what Oltenberger t- was, which Tony Sanchez football was, like these type of guys they've brought in before. Um, not technically the current coach right now, but he's at D.C. before he uh, came in – or O.C. in Oregon before he came to head coach, Marcus Royo. So that would fit. Todd Simon we just mentioned um, – However, his note there, Simon is proving to be worthy of a better job than UNLV. So they take I mean, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I was saying, you know, with the, with the Utah job opening up today as well, that's why I was like, well, maybe UNLV, <laughs> they might not even get a chance at Todd Simon if, if that's a direction that Utah wanted to go. I don't know what they do. You're probably way more familiar, Jeremy, with, with University of Utah's coaching search than I am. Uh, but I'll tell you this, Southern Utah's like a different world compared to where I'm at. <laughs> Fair enough. Just saying how far it is and part of the state, like uh, Larry. Oh well, yeah, I just like Dixie State and stuff. But yeah. so one, I'll go names real quick. Don't let Larry hop in here too. The not just to hog the time and say sit in the corner. But Todd Simon, Southern Utah, 
Um, Stacey Ogman could be – he's currently a Kings to player development guy. Oh. And then he met, then he mentioned Larry Kraskoviak, which he, he, here's the thing. He did good things when he was at – I think it was Montana State, I want to say. So like, when he's at Utah, he made – here's the thing too, which could be good. Let's just let's just ponder that it could be Kraskoviak. Here's why it could work. He made so much money at University of Utah – he could take any job he wants, either not coach or take a job where he doesn't need to be paid. He was the 13th highest paid coach in college basketball and the number one Pac-12 coach. Made it to only two NCAA tournaments. It had guys like um, Kyle Kuzma on his roster and couldn't do trash. Couldn't had NBA draft picks. Couldn't get couldn't move on in the Pac-12, Pac-10's worst decade essentially in like 50 years. Couldn't do anything in that conference. Arizona wasn't very good. USC is just okay. UCLA is down with Steve Alford. Like that could be a move where he's the name. He's done done well at the lower levels of college basketball. Montana State to Utah, UNLV would be in the middle, in my opinion, obviously above the Bobcats. So that's one reason why I think they could get him. But all these names are just like across the board. Like they're very every. If you look at all these names, like Larry, every name's like very different. You know what I mean? Tim Miles. Like you have high level names: Rick Pitino, expensive coaches, Larry Kuskoviak, famous alumni, NBA player. And then guy who had a cup of coffee with the team or assistants. It's all over the board who who Tyler's looking at or considering or thinking of. And I think that's kind of the, you know, the exact mystery is there's no exact <laughs> formula or reason to the UNLV job. I'm kind of with Andy though, where I kind of want something a little exciting, maybe a big personality. Which I don't know. Going over this, I kind of can't find a big personality either. You know, I don't know. I I think somebody somebody was trying to do the math on how they could scrape together the ten million dollar buyout. Not uh, leaving. For Rich Patino. Patino's not leaving. leaving. It's like no, it's not happening. Get, anybody who's listening think Rick Patino is going to go? He wasn't going to go when he got fired and ran out. Ran out. Not ran out, but fired from Louisville for whatever all the nasty for stuff. For cause. Well, yeah, for, for cause. cause. We only get Google Rick Patino Louisville, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm sure yeah, that's... Google for cause. Yeah, <laughs> which is a, a, a phrase that's never worded in co- college coaching and fired for cause. <laughs> so there's that. But, yeah, just go look into why. If, if you couldn't get him after that fiasco, you're not getting him after this where he took an Iona team that had a 51-day layoff. In eight, were they in Andy? Were they an eight-seed in the MAC? I think it was. They were – no. They were lower. They were at the top. They seed. were a nine seed. They a were nine, the nine oh, seed. even lower. They were a lower seed. But I mean, and their the whole seeding thing. was so stupid. They should not have been. They were the second highest rated team in the Ken Palm. They 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 only played like nine games. The only reason that they got they like had all those losses added up because they didn't play enough games. Anyway, the seeding was weird. But yes, they did they a great the job. Favorite, but they also they were not the favorites. They were not the favorites. You're correct. And they. they yeah, Sienna and Monmouth, I think, would have been favored over them. So, me yeah, no, I mean, it was a great. Hold on. You mean I did that conference? You mean Manhattan, not Monmouth? Right? I do not mean Manhattan. I mean Monmouth. Is Monmouth in the MAC? Am I? Yeah, is that it, it's since like 2013 or 14. Oh, that's or something a problem. Like that. I was. I, for, too. I forget it too, man. Yeah, no, I do the same thing. Uh, Monmouth, Monmouth, and Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac are uh, in the MAC now. Okay, that changed since I was there like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, because I think they used to be in the Northeast Conference, right? Yes. Yeah. NBC, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't know who they're going to go with. Like, we're going to put a coach list out there, but it's just there's no connection to like a coaching tree of any sorts because they've had so many coaches over the past couple of years. I oh. if, hmm. Interesting. So here's cool. another name, uh, just that I'm looking through, uh, Dennis Gates over at Cleveland State. So he's got them in the tournament. You know, they're a 15 seed. 
Um, but he was an assistant at Nevada for two years. So he's got a little bit of, uh, you know, in the league, uh, experience. He's, he's been on the rise, but he was an assistant under Leonard Hamilton at Florida State for like eight years after he was at Nevada. So he's in Nevada from 2009 to 2011. He's at Cal, uh, he was at Cal. He, yeah. So, and they just, he just got Cleveland State. He, he took over a mess at Cleveland State too. Um, and he's got them in the tournament now. So I don't know. He could be a, a, a dark horse candidate. Maybe he may go for something more Eastern. You know, there's not a lot of West. I guess he, you know, there's California, Nevada. He's from Chicago. You know, Are they all I like coach too. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know if he'll, you know, come out to Las Vegas or not, but, uh, I think that, that could be a fun, Young hire, he's 41, um, still making a name for himself, but, but just those eight years under Leonard Hamilton, man, that's, that's a good coaching tree to come from. Uh, so yeah. Oh, and he played at California too. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, you bit. know, he went to the NCAA tournament with Cal. So yeah, you know, he's got that, he's been out West before. It's not a completely new, you know, not completely unreasonable. So if we just want another random name as what we're sitting here doing this live on the podcast looking for random names, there's one. Uh, I, I don't know. I like Dennis Gates. I, I hadn't thought of him for this job before, but seeing that Nevada uh, credit on there with all the rest of his stuff, I don't know. Just a any, thought. But any thoughts for you, Larry, like any shot in the dark? Name-wise, no. I, I think I think where Andy's on to, though, in terms of a Gates hire, I think could be – you know, kind of a breath of fresh air. You know, I, I think the what are, what are we two and one on up and coming coaches in the Mountain West? You know, hires doing really well with Craig Smith and and Medved, um, and you know, and and Linder I think could probably turn Wyoming around too in a couple of seasons. They had a really young group. I think mm-hmm. you know that couldn't be a that'd be a great route for them to go, honestly, especially somebody who you might have to give a you know a couple of years just like at New Mexico, but you know probably something along those lines because. I think it's hard to say anything with how many high level jobs there are open. You know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, what, I guess a lot of pieces to fall still. And I think maybe we might be surprised with this one kind of like how we were with the, with the Patino to New Mexico. Could be, yeah, cause like the job, big jobs opening up. Iowa State, cause here's the thing, Minnesota's open. I'll say Iowa State. And there's, well, we don't need to go too deep in this, but Brian Dutcher is going to be mentioned just because. I don't know if he'll take it, but he'll be mentioned. You have University of Utah, which, Maybe Craig Smith. I don't know. Like that would be a pretty good move because I haven't been a fan of many Utah hires since Majerus stepped down, like and took the USC job for like four seconds. But but I like he he could be on the move if he moves. Like it's a there's a lot of other jobs I could follow. Like who's going to make a big tournament run and get that big a big job? Like what's the biggest job right now? Is it Minnesota? Is that the right? Would that be correct? Is Indiana open or did oh I yes Indiana that? too yes, Indiana right. yeah. So, and well, hey, there's another name. You know, could Archie Miller come out to Vegas? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, my pick, well, maybe Sean if uh, if things don't go well in Arizona. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 we're talking <laughs> we're talking scandal coaches to the Mountain West already with with Petito. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I I honestly think because what they've been doing, I I like your Cleveland State coach Dennis Gates. I think they should go after Todd Simon. I don't. I think that would be. I agree. It'd probably be the safest move, I think. 
Or I could also throw out Joe Scott every time like I do just because I think he should get a good job somewhere. Like he would literally bring back the runner rebels, right? Have him come in for what he did at UT Arlington. It's like, come on. But I, I think Simon should be the guy to go after. He turned like, look, like he went nine eight during a disaster of a year of UNLV. He, Southern Utah went from six wins, 13 wins, 17, 17, 19 this year. So 11, 10, 7, 7 first to win the conference regular season. Yeah, his overall win percentage record is not great, but that first year kills you, 6-27. and 27. So Utah's never been good at basketball, like literally never really been that good. And so he's familiarity. He coached at Finley Prep. He's a Vegas guy. Coached at Pepperdine as a volunteer assistant for a year because he wanted to get some get foot in the door. He's been UNLV assistant tw- two stints. I don't see why anybody else should get the job at him. That's who they I, should be targeting. I love that. I want Todd Simon to get the job. Um, one point of order real quick and why I was confused for a second there. So you, you said you meant Scott cross, but you ah! said, but you said Joe <laughs> Scott who plays like the, not a fast tempo at all in air force. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> why do you want Joe Scott at UNLV? Thank you. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Scott cross from UT Arlington. He's in the, uh, he's the TCU assistant. He's at, um, Stephen Apostle? He's, he's at Troy now. Troy. Troy. We, keep, we bring him up like all the time. I don't know how I forgot. I'm like, yeah, just got Yeah. Thank you. That would have been <laughs> no problem. You said it. And I was like, wait a second. That didn't hit right. Okay. Okay. We also, I have one last name just because Dave Pilopovich, UNLV. Anybody biting? I honestly, <laughs> I was surprised he didn't get, his name didn't come up more in the New Mexico search. I mean, I, I put my, my, I planted my flag very early. As soon as he was hired, I was like, oh yeah, they're hiring him as a replacement for Weir just an, a year early. Uh, I was wrong, obviously. Um, I don't know. I don't know that Pilipovich, I think he would maybe take the job if it was offered, but I'm not sure that UNLV is offering it to him. Okay. Hey, Larry, any last thoughts on any of this coaching stuff or something we missed before we let you go? You know what? No last thoughts. Super <laughs> excited. Um, man, I didn't think we'd have such a new look Mountain West in, in just two years, you know, th- this year and last year. But, you know, I think I'm a little more intrigued with, it sounds funny, but I'm a little bit more intrigued with who UNLV hires now, um, you know, versus New Mexico. Cause I think we had more, more Eddie Nunez ties. And like you said, UNLV could be anybody and that makes it more exciting. That's my next, uh, position that needs to be hired, honestly. <laughs> Bring out the Vegas impersonator, Elvis impersonator, right? Yeah, <laughs> me, me too. Definitely. All right, so we'll uh, we'll just do this. I'm going to end the show now, but me and Andrew are going to travel back in time and talk about some other stuff. So listen to this, <laughs> download the podcast uh, as you've listened to the end. MWR.com is our website. Check everybody out. Hardwood Talk on Twitter. That's where um, Larry hangs out. Uh, you got me and Andy. Heat Check CVB. Whack Hoops Digest. Is Grand Canyon going to do anything? Probably not, but good. They're back. They're in the tournament for the first time. As what they, is that matchup, Iowa? Oh, yeah. that's a tough one. Tough it's draw. <laughs> tough draw. Oh, Midgard. You got to get Midgard's got to get Garza in foul trouble. I'm telling everybody immediately because right. Fran's going to sit him. All right. Sorry. This isn't a whack. This that's isn't fine. a whack podcast. <laughs> Hold on. Really quick, Larry. We're, me and Andy are going to do some predictions. Will Utah State win their first? Will they beat Texas Tech, you think? It just feels right, doesn't it? Or am I crazy? <laughs> The upset feels right. I, I'm going for it. They will. And about, yeah, let's just, let's leave it at that. 
Aztecs going to beat the Q's? Ah, yeah, Q's is down, and you know what's <laughs> that come to bite me? But you know, I, I'll, I'll take two Mountain West wins in the in the first round or second round, whatever whatever weird layout we're at it this year. Okay, we'll see. We'll okay. We'll be back next time to either recap or talk some more games. But uh, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, yeah, check out all of our content out. We have plenty of stuff for the tournament, NIT as well. So we'll see how Boise and CSU what they can do, and so we'll be uh, see you next time, folks.